What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Walenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. Welcome back to Swim Masters, everyone. My name is Natalie Morrison, your host, and I am joined with the lovely Stephanie Lamond. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> Just for the intro. <laughs> we felt that it was important for the two of us to hop on here before the episode today to kind of talk about the news as we're recording this on a Saturday night, (laughs) the news of the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away yesterday, Friday, September 18th. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I know. And just wanted to take a moment to kind of acknowledge everything we were doing. She was such a trailblazer in helping to make this possible and all the all the opportunities we see as women like she has played yeah. such a vital role in in just as we we always are talking about visibility and she has with her with her policy and with her just life has been an incredible inspiration to so many so pour one out for her good old Ruth <laughs> truly the notorious RBG what a legend I've I've been reflecting a lot the past 24 hours. Honestly, it's been 24 hours, I think. Yeah. She went to law school in, in the 1940s, and for a woman to go to law school at that time was so unheard of. And the fact that she was denied a job at a law firm so many times, and she never gave up and continued to fight for gender equality in the workplace, not just for women, but also for men. It's so incredibly inspiring to see the drive that she had and the fight that she had for her entire career. She never stopped. Yeah. That's like an iron will, truly. Like that was her. She just, she never, ever, ever gave up. And she she saw an issue and she went for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for us to 
sit here and acknowledge it and talk about it, I think is really important because it's going to hopefully motivate us and inspire us more to keep fighting for her and keep her legacy moving forward. She's done what she's done. Like she can rest now. And I hope that she knows that there are so many women here ready to continue that fight forward. Yep. I think one one thing that I've also been really reflecting on with her legacy too is that like like her her path was always like she had that iron will but she also had a really good way of kind of finessing her way through these situations like like playing the <laughs> long game like making it so that like she she could honestly like intelligently manipulate the situation where like her opposition would then be as behind it as she was right like like she she yeah. was a very good very subtle negotiator in that way and i think that's one thing to really ponder as we're in this time in our lives and whatever anybody's you know perspectives maybe callings maybe like what is that that legacy of civil discourse in politics and in and in conflict how do we take the best of that and continue on in a really constructive way for the good of 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 all people right like for equality in the workplace for equity and 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 everything like how do we take some of that but at the same time like still do what needs to be done and and push things through it's it's and there's no right answer it's just how do we keep keep exactly keep that legacy going and evolve it for for the current times that we find ourselves in which are absolutely insane so it's it's huge but she was just such a force so how do we honor her and keep keep it going <laughs> it's, it's huge but yeah but we can all we can all do it I love that a whole generation of kids now are growing up with all of those like notorious RBG books. People just know, they know of her. Like she is an iconic, iconic just character now in in history. And we get to say that we, and I, this is what touches me the most, is we get to say that we lived our lives while she was a justice yeah. in the Supreme Court. Ugh. And we get to pass that along to our future kids, the future generation. And just seeing, like, the younger generation right now just completely fall in love with her and what she stands for and just everything that she did in her career is really inspiring. Indeed. And I love this quote that she said, Women belong in all places where decisions are being made. It shouldn't be that women are the exception. And I just hope if you're listening that you can take that and run with it. Yeah, know that it's we, we deserve a seat at the table. And when it's not Seriously. there, you make it for yourself like she did. Yes. Yep. I think I just want to basically say thank you to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's hard for me to kind of put to words how, how I'm feeling exactly, but just thank you for everything and what you've done for gender equality. And we will keep pushing forward. I think, too, that just reminded me of a friend of mine that is like through through work. His dad passed away this week as well. And he put this mm -hmm. he, he wrote this really, really beautiful thing about it that like in in this year of 
you know, and he had all these statistics. I don't, and I don't have it in front of me, but hundreds of thousands of people have died from COVID. What is one death in the grand scheme of this? But like, we can't really process the enormity of all of that as humans. We have to go one by one. And so I think especially with someone like Ruth Bader Ginsburg that that symbolized so much too, I think through that grieving, like we're all really grieving for everything we've lost this year and the enormity of what the world's going through. And so I think that this this sucks and it hurts. And I think that's that's why. Like it, we all probably didn't know her, but what yeah. she meant ties in so closely with what the world has kind of in America especially has has gone through this year. You know how you always remember where you where you were when someone monumental has passed. Like I can tell you where I was when Michael Jackson died. I could tell you where I was when Prince died, and I could tell you where I was where Amy Winehouse died. <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. it was so profound that it sticks with you in that, that moment. Last night when I found out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, I'm gonna remember where I was. I literally grabbed my mom's knee. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is I was like, mom <laughs> <laughs> it's happening <laughs> but i think that she's gonna be that for a lot of people yep again pour it out saturday night we'll just <laughs> 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 cheers cheers to wherever here's to you cheers ruth, ruth. Thank, thank you for being a true american icon so with that said, I'm especially excited about our guest for this week's episode. We are speaking with Christy Jacobson, who is the Senior Manager of Customer Service at Alfred Music, but she is also the founder of Broken Glass Media. And like Ruth, she is continuing to pave a path and uplift and amplify the voices of women across the music industry as a whole. And she is truly an inspiration. She saw that there was a need for this conversation and she acted upon it and I'm really excited for you to hear her story. And she was also one of the SWIM scholarship recipients at this past NAM show. So we definitely touch base on her experience with that. And hopefully that will encourage and inspire you to apply for future scholarships. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for joining us on Swim Masters. Hey, Natalie. It's great to be here. I'd love to start with a brief overview of your career journey, how you got into the music products industry, and yeah. So I was a music business major in undergrad at Lebanon Valley College in Pennsylvania. Um, I graduated from there in December 2007, so right before the 2008 recession, and I ended up working for about was it, seven years or so uh, just outside of the industry. It was really hard to find jobs, and I was living at home and just kind of took what I could get, and then in 2015, I decided I wanted to 
still pursue my dream of working in music. So I applied to grad school at Cal State Northridge for their music industry administration program and ended up moving from New Jersey to California in summer 2015 and actually started working at Alfred Music the day before I started grad school. And I got really lucky uh, that I had, you know, the, the director of my grad program worked at Alfred and he'd sent out a a job description to everybody who's the incoming class. And I applied for the job and they saw that I was going to be in the program. So got an interview and ended up getting hired there. That's awesome. And both of us have a little history with Alfred. I think we talked about this on your podcast, but I think you started right after I came in as an intern. It was summer 2015. So well, end of August. So yeah, I think it was probably yeah. right around the same time. Yeah, which is small world. (laughs) That's awesome, though. You kind of briefly mentioned this in your answer, but did you know that you always wanted to work in the music industry? I think from the time that I went to college, I did. Before that, I mean, I loved music my whole life. You know, once I, you know, could really start buying my own CDs at that point, I loved going into record stores and seeing what the new release was. I was always following, you know, MTV and listening to the radio and I got really involved in music, but I didn't actually realize it was something that could be a career until I went to college. And I remember sitting at orientation with my mom was there and we were flipping through the catalog. I was going in undecided and I stumbled across the music business major and I was just like, this is it. I I had intended to, you know, probably major in business administration, but the fact that there was a whole degree around music industry, I thought that was the coolest thing. So once I got into school, I auditioned and was accepted into the program. So it's kind of those things like I, I didn't know at first, but then as soon as I found out it was that it's possible to work in the industry. But at that time too, I always thought that, you know, the music industry was record labels and didn't realize how expansive it was and that there was even such a thing as the music products industry. And that was all new to me, you know, after I started working at Alfred, just to to understand all the different parts of, of music, you know, between labels and publishers. And then Alfred's a sheet music publisher and all the different products. There's just so much involved in the industry, but I'm so glad I went down that path uh, and, and kept with my passion for, for music Yeah, definitely. And it's, I find it so important for music programs across the country at colleges and universities to emphasize the fact that the industry is a lot larger than it seems to be. And there's literally a place for every single person, no matter what your interest is. Like if you are into electronic music, there's something for you. Like if you're into classical guitar, there's something for you. Like there's something for everyone. And I I hope that people continue to kind of shout that out because it's it's important for people to know that there's something for them in this industry. Right. And even if you're a graphic designer, an accountant, you know, you're in business, you, yeah. you, you don't have a music background, you can still work for a music company and still have that culture around, you know, I think a lot of the music industry, a lot of the music businesses in, in this country, at least, have such a cool culture. And 
even if you didn't grow up playing an instrument, you can still be involved in the industry. Yeah, it's incredible what goes into making this industry as amazing and wonderful as it is. But I'm biased. (laughs) (laughs) I am too. (laughs) So you are the founder of Broken Glass Media. Could you explain a little bit what that is and the inspiration behind starting it? Yeah, so Broken Glass Media is a virtual services company. So I offer virtual assistance and now podcast management and launch consultation for music and creative entrepreneurs. But it started uh, back in 2018, just as a blog. I was inspired by the USC Annenberg study that was released, I think it was in that January, about inclusion in the recording studio. And it really went into detail, the, the gender disparity in the industry, as well as racial disparity. And I thought, why not highlight women in the industry and and people of color and just you know really really bring all that to the forefront and have conversations with people and and show that everybody's in this industry and and we can have the you know women can do these jobs and it kind of just went from there I launched the blog in March 2018 and then within just a couple months I realized I just fell in love with podcasts and realized that It would be even better if I could have these conversations through a podcast. So in September 2018, I launched the Broken Glass podcast and started having these conversations. You were one of my guests and it was cool to just connect with people and people I'd never met before. Like you and I had met at Alfred uh, briefly. You were intern there and I had just started and I was having conversations with people I was meeting in Facebook groups, people that you know, recently have just found me through finding my website and finding the podcast. Or even I had someone a couple months ago, she found me on Pinterest. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, now that I've been publishing and I've been publishing the blog and the podcast and, and sharing it on social, I'm coming across all these people across the industry. And it's been really interesting to just have these conversations. But I didn't, you know, I always thought, okay, the podcast is a business, but it really isn't. It's it's a piece of content marketing. Right. And so I knew that there was, you know, I wanted to do something. I really wanted it to be a business. So I spent a lot of time, I was going to uh, entrepreneurship conferences and I spent uh, some time with a business coach to really understand, you know, what is out there for me to do to turn it into a business. And last year, August, 2019, I decided to launch uh, virtual assistant services. So I did that. And then the podcast grew. And I, I kind of joke that I'm a serial podcaster because I've created other other podcasts not related to music, but just for fun. You know, I'm, I'm, I learned something and I'm, I want to share it. So that's awesome. I've got a couple, couple of them out there. <laughs> and, um, and anyway, you know, I realized how much I really liked podcasts. And, you know, what better way to help other musicians and creatives tell their story than through podcasting. So that's when I, this summer, uh, June, 2020, I launched podcast management. So it's, it's kind of been a a bit of a journey to figure out how to figure out what I wanted to offer. But I think what it comes down to in the core is just really helping people tell their story. And that was what, you know, the initial blog was, was just to tell the story of women in the industry. That's incredible and definitely needed, especially to shine a light on women and 
people of color in this industry and just give them that platform to tell their story and have a place to use their voice. I'm going to link in the description of the episode the link to the study that you mentioned, as well as your podcast and your website. So if anyone is interested in reaching out to you, they can do so. Yeah, that would be awesome. So what have you learned while starting a company that shines a light on women in music? I know that's a very broad question, but is there something that (laughs) that you've really taken from this experience that's kind of guided you through it? I think through the conversations that I've had with everybody, even though we all have our own unique stories, we all face similar struggles and we all face similar obstacles. And just to hear the way in which people handle that, um, you know, you hear, I I always ask the question about, you know, what kind of struggles did you face as a woman in the industry or just even in general? Because I know it's such a hard industry to get into and I spent several years applying. I mean, I've applied for, so before I, I moved to California, I applied for probably about, I don't know, probably 200 jobs or something like that. Like I, I had a spreadsheet of all the jobs I was applying to, and not just in New Jersey, but across the country. And so I struggled in that aspect, just trying to get my foot in the door somewhere. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you hear those stories of, you know, people people struggling to get in the industry but then I also hear this, the stories of the way people are treated or the things that are said to them. I had a, a lawyer on my, my podcast several months ago and, you know, she'll walk into a room and, and people don't think she's the lawyer. They think that she's like the assistant. So it's just interesting to hear those kinds of stories where, you know, I've been very lucky in my career where I've had a lot of really supportive, you know, male, female colleagues um, really pushing me to to do my best to you know apply to be a part of swim, and so some of those stories actually kind of you, you hear about them, but when you hear them fr- come from somebody that you're talking to, it kind of shocks you, right? And it, it's just interesting to kind of hear how we're all in in some way we all face something very similar, but yeah, it's just it's it's just been interesting in, in that aspect. It's like. I can't believe these things are happening right now. You know, I can't believe people are saying that to to women and and holding them back from certain things. So it's it's just crazy. Yeah, I totally agree with you with you you can read about everything and you can see data and numbers of the difference between male and female workers in the industry or just in any industry in general. And then when you actually talk to someone and you hear their personal experience, it just kind of wakes you up a little bit. It certainly shocks me every time. And I feel like I've heard a lot (laughs) (laughs) or I've experienced it. And it's just, it's still crazy to me that we're still having these conversations today, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. It's something even just as, you know, a quick offhand comment, you know, there'll be, a female guitarist and, and she's the lead singer of the band and she'll be setting up at a show and someone goes, Oh, who's, whose guitar is this to her? And she's like, well, it's mine. You know, <laughs> like there's those kinds of stories where it's just like, you know, and I think it's just people, it's not what people expect. Right. And right. I, you know, I think that's why I really wanted to, to start the podcast and to really allow people to tell their story is to really, I don't even know if it's the right word, but, 
I guess, destigmatize it. Yeah. I don't think that's the right term, but you, you know what I mean? I like know to really mean. Just, Yeah. To, to make it not so much of a shock that yes, the guitarist, the bass player, the drummer is a girl, is a female and she's the lead singer, you know, and, or, you know, you, you see, you go to a show and she's standing behind a merch table and they automatically assume that she's the merch girl, but she, she's the band. Yeah. Right. So, um, to really just, you know, change, change people's mindsets and, and help them understand that we can do these, you know, we can do these jobs. We are these musicians. We're super talented. We have the skills. We just need to be recognized for it in, in the same way that men are. Exactly. And taken seriously. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's so much that we can talk about with this. It's just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes down a I know, we can just keep <laughs> digging and digging, but it's amazing to me to see that there are so many organizations within the music industry as a whole that have come to fruition because they want to make a difference and they want to make their voices heard. And it's incredibly inspiring to see that happen in real time and also shine a light on the fact that, okay, like we can really make this change happen. We can be this voice to push the industry in the direction that it needs to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the cool thing about, you know, the, the, the groups that are out there. I mean, there's Facebook groups, there's in-person groups and, and just ways for women to connect and collaborate with each other. And also for men to, to lend their voice too, and to be that support system for us. Absolutely. So you've received one of the swim scholarships, which if people have been listening to the podcast, they know I've talked about it before at the winter 2020 NAM show, I believe. So I'd love to talk about what that application process was like and hear about what your experience was for anyone who might be interested in applying for a scholarship in the future. Yeah, so it was, um, there was several questions. I kind of felt like I was applying to college again, but it was it was good because it really helped the organization to understand me, what my goals were uh, within the industry, within swim, within music, and to really share my story. So it was an application, several questions, and I, I had to also submit, I think, two references so I connected with my manager and another colleague at Alfred and was accepted. I think that was in, I knew, I knew in November that I had been accepted to, to be a, a recipient of the scholarship. And I've been to NAM before, but it's more, you know, I get bad from work and I go for the day and I go explore all the cool new instruments and you know, just kind of wander the show floor. But this was a really cool experience because I I not only spent time working this year with, with Alfred, but I was able to meet people and to attend sessions, um, uh, you know, whether it was the Idea Center sessions or to go to the uh, breakfast sessions and then connect with other women in in the music products industry. So the, the first night was the swim meet and to meet the other recipients, but then to also meet other women who either were past recipients or who were in the industry, but then also to meet too a lot of other 
you know, men in the industry too, and, and to connect with people and, you know, working in customer service, I talk to retailers on the phone pretty much all day or by email and to actually put faces to names, you know, to, to meet these people who I'm like, I've been emailing you for five years. Hi. <laughs> so to just to have that experience too. And and learn. And, and then there was also the mentor portion of it where I had three mentors. So I met with each of them for about an hour, talked about what they did in the industry, their company, how they got their start, uh, and then different pieces. So, you know, I really enjoy enjoy marketing. And, and I think that kind of goes along with, you know, the podcast and sharing stories. So to really meet and, and to talk to them and understand the different companies within the industry too. So it wasn't just learning about publishers. You know, I, I spent time, you know, with people in um, someone from Yamaha, someone from Taylor, and then someone actually from NAM to really just kind of see the inner workings of, of, of these companies and, and how their piece of the puzzle fits in with ours. So that was really cool. And, and just to have those connections too. And then, I went to um, some of the young professional events too, and and got to meet you know other people within the industry, some that I'm connected with now on whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn or you know by email, um, and just to to keep that connection and and check in, especially you know because the pandemic happened shortly after Nam, and just check in with each other. How are you doing? You know what's what's going on in your world. How, you know, you still have your job or, you know, just and have those connections, too, because we might be able to help each other out. So it was it was a great experience. And I highly encourage anybody who either hasn't been to NAM or maybe has but hasn't had the opportunity to really learn from the show to apply and, and get connected. Yeah, definitely. And it's so incredible to see what impact an hour-long conversation can have with anyone in the industry, whether it's a mentor or someone that you're meeting for the first time. Those connections are so helpful at, at any point in your career. Just knowing that you have a network of people that you can go to and check in on and, and learn from, it's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, I think you know, you and I kind of knew each other. And then I think I saw you the first day. Yes. <laughs> walking. We, were, we were walking down the sidewalk and you were like, hey, so, you know, just even even those kinds of connections where now we're in person and, you know, we know each other. And, and that was the cool thing about following these, you know, job shadowing these mentors was to see how connected they were in the industry, too. Yeah. You know, we walk from, you know, one of the halls to a booth and, how many times they would get stopped by people and, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, just, just how well they know everybody and how's your, you know, how's your kids? How's your job? How's your, how's your band? Just those kinds of conversations too, that are more on a personal level and, and just really knowing people and just seeing, you know, it, Nam's a huge show and it, it feels like the industry's so huge, but it's really, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it's a small world. Yeah, it's a family reunion. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it wasn't last year, but it was the year before. Speaking of like just the craziest of na- and people getting stopped all the time. I remember that you came to the Diderio booth 
and to say hi. And I was so frazzled. <laughs> so busy, yeah. <laughs> because I was being pulled by one person and another person. And I'm surprised and shocked that I just I don't get sick because I'm like knock on wood because of all these people that I'm interfacing with all the time. Oh, I did. I, I got the Namthrax. <laughs> uh. <laughs> not not too bad, but because um, I've definitely seen people come back in worse shape. But I, you know, you just you go, go, go and you just don't stop. And I think I would have to set aside time every night and say, okay, I, I just need to go back to the room. Like I can't go out. <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me have a chill night and in the hotel room by myself so I can just mentally recover and physically recover from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I, you know, like I said, I've, I've gone for the day and to be there for the entire time I was there from Wednesday to Sunday and it's a totally different ball game. <laughs> and then, and then working too. So I was, if I wasn't going to sessions or job shadowing or doing anything with swim, I was working at the Alfred booth and meeting customers and interacting with people. And, you know, like, like as when I had, had tried to say hi to you the year before, I had the same thing happen. <laughs> I had I had people, you know, that I knew from grad school or actually some um, podcast guests, you know, I told them I would be at the booth and they would try to stop by. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to go talk to the, you know, it, you're yeah. just, there's so much going on. But I think that's the cool experience too, is just to, just it makes it fun, I guess, is probably, you know, it's just, you know, I didn't have one single moment at the show where I was like, oh, I have to go do that. I was excited to go just, whether it was to go to session or to, you know, job shadow, I was like, okay, I gotta go here. I'll see you later. <laughs> you always come out of Nam learning something. And I said this on your podcast too, but I, I will always say it. It's if you don't learn something from Nam, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> exactly. And I've been doing it wrong for what, three, that was my fourth dam. So I'd been doing it wrong for three years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I just go wander. I'm like, oh, that's a, you know, cool product. And okay, this artist is going to be here at this time. And, but this year it was attending the sessions and really, you know, there was a lot, especially the idea center. Oh yeah. Just to, and to have to map all that out. Like there were sessions I missed just because I would be at another session. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to go to both of them, which is more important to me, which is the priority. So, um, and I said, well, next year I'll hit up the other ones, you know, or, or find something along those lines, but we'll see with uh, how, how it works this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It just, it's a different year for everything. That's for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's interesting because it might be more accessible to people. Um, and, and by that, I mean, and I've seen it with other events that have gone on throughout the year because some people may not be able to travel to Anaheim and afford the hotel and the flight and the car. And I'm lucky that I'm about an hour and a half from Anaheim. So it's not a big deal for me to drive down there. But it can be really expensive for a lot of people. And if it's online, then maybe there will be even more people able to attend however they do the sessions, whether it's a webinar or something like that. So, um, and I, I, like I said, I've seen that with a lot of different uh, events that have gone on throughout the year, uh, whether it's music industry or, or otherwise, 
people are able to take advantage of it because they don't have to worry about that cost behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also for our industry, it's kind of, it's forcing companies to really rethink how they do things digitally, which is crazy to think that we're now, it's almost like full speed ahead. Like digital is super important because we can't be together in person and we still have to do work. We still have to get things done. So I'm excited to see just where the industry goes as a whole now that we're like in overdrive having to shift everything to new models. Yeah. And I think it's been, you know, I've seen, especially with um, artists and, you know, they can't go to a show. They can't go play a show somewhere for people. So how do they pivot their career, especially those who do it full time? You know, and they rely on touring and they rely on live performances and merch sales. And it's really been interesting to watch what people have been doing, to watch what management and and labels have been doing. I've been actually uh, hosting um, live streams every once in a while since probably about April or May. So I got uh, involved with a management company called B Squared Management, and they do live streams for the artists. And they were doing them frequently, but I think they've slowed down a little bit. But I help them every other week right now. And they'll have several of their artists put them together in a a live stream event, like a Facebook group. And they'll just, the artists will go live and play. And, you know, I help bring people in. And so it's been interesting to to see that and see how people have, have shifted that concert model. And then I've heard of other people, other artists who they'll have, you know, they'll do like a release show or they'll sell tickets. And when they sell the the ticket, and I'm I'm doing quotes, (laughs) um, it's it's getting the the link to the live stream. So it's more of an intimate Zoom kind of Zoom call where they can see people. Yeah. So just, just watching those things happen and seeing who's pivoting and then who's maybe not sure what they're going to do. And I think that's, it's just it's just been a really interesting time for the industry is for sure. People are just getting so creative, which I, I love just to see how they want to pivot in this in this time period. Even if it's just I'm gonna like I had a friend who did a social distance tour and every night for like a week and a half he did a show in a different room in his house. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made That's t-shirts awesome. <laughs> <laughs> with um showcasing like all the different stops on his tour and it was just so fun to tune in every night in a different room or whatever but just to listen to someone play music live even if it's not in person just keeping that alive i think has helped so many people yeah, and one of my favorite artists actually did one of the I think it was probably one of the first drive drive through drive through drive up performances. Oh, that's in cool. the US. And but then also you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to drive down by myself because it was it was in Anaheim too, it was right by Angel Stadium and it's like, well, I'm not going to go down by myself and then sit in my car by myself <laughs> watch the performance. <laughs> you know, I was still in that, you know, where I, I wanted to be in a bubble and um yeah. And then 
actually offered live stream tickets for it. So, oh, awesome. I, you know, they were doing a drive through, but I watched the live stream from my living room. So that was kind of <laughs> cool too to, to have that opportunity. Yeah. You know, maybe I can't be there to see, you know, my favorite artist perform because it actually had tickets. They were supposed to play, um, I want to say at the Greek. I think it was at the Greek and it got canceled, obviously. So, you know, to just be like, all right, well, I can't go, but I can go sit in my living room and then, you know, turn it on, turn it off, go to bed. <laughs> Don't have to worry about driving and getting stuck yeah. in traffic. And... But I do also want to throw it in there that we're very excited for live music yes. to come back. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> we're not discounting that at all. No, it's a different energy. I mean, I, I love what, what people have been doing and really seeing how, you know, how they pivot and, and that they're taking advantage of technology because 20 years ago, you'd be out of luck. You know, there's no such thing as Zoom or, you know, video chats and just the fact that we have this technology where we can connect with people across the world, you know, at the same time. But it's, yeah, I, I can't wait to be back in a room singing and, you know, dancing and all that. So, yeah. Well, my last question for you is what advice do you have for women in the music industry today? or women looking to start a career here? I think the first key is to be persistent and don't let go of your dream. I knew that I wanted to work in the industry when I was in college and then the recession happened and I was applying for jobs, but I never let it go. You know, I might've worked jobs that weren't related to the industry, but I gained I gained skills and experience in other aspects. So I worked as a bank teller. I worked in um, the registrar's office at a college. So I learned a lot of these skills. I learned people skills. I learned office skills and time management and, and all of that, that I can now apply to my role in the industry. And I just never let it go. You know, I had people say, oh, are you still going to work in music? And I said, yes. You know, I, I do want to work in music and I just need to get my foot in the door. So that persistence paid off. I mean, it took several years, but I never really let it go. And I think that's key for a lot of people is if you, if that's your dream and you want to work in music, you want to work in, in live, you want to work at a publisher, you want to work at a label, you want to work in the music products industry, keep at it, keep trying, keep reaching out to people and connecting with people. I think that's the most important, but in that also, you know, find your network. And we mentioned there are different groups out there. You know, there's one on Facebook that I'm a part of. And now there's Swim. And you join these groups and start connecting with people, start talking to people. If there's someone, you know, who's doing something that you want to do, whether it's they work in marketing, they work in business affairs and licensing, or they work at a particular company, just connect with them and just say, hey, you know, I'm interested in in what you do. How can I get to that point? And just have those conversations. And, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups too, and, and just join those and, and start connecting with people there and start watching the conversation and, and see what people are talking about. But also at the same time, forge your own path. And I think that's important too. And that's what I am doing with Broken Glass Media you know, I'm not following, you know, the traditional path of, I mean, I, you know, I still have my nine to five and I, I still work for Alfred, but I, I'm doing my own thing too. And getting skills and experience in that I'm taking online courses and I'm attending conferences and 
you know, doing something that I really enjoy. So those are a couple of the the key points to, to I think, really getting getting your foot in the door in the industry and, and finding finding your path. I love that. Don't give up. Yes, don't <laughs> give up. I actually had someone reach out to me after they listened to the podcast and say that they had been struggling to decide if industry was right for them. They, I think they were in college and, um, you know, they were really discouraged by what they saw out in the industry. And then somehow they found my podcast and they were like, yeah, I'm going to keep going. So just, just, you know, know that it is possible, you know, whether you're, you know, male, female, no matter, you know, who you are, that there is a place in the industry for you. Yeah, definitely. And we're here to shine a light on some incredible people in the industry and to inspire others to join the industry and see that they can work here and that it's a wonderful place and everything. Especially the music products industry. I, you know, going to NAM and meeting everybody, it's such a, a great community of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everybody is so willing to just to have, you know, a 15 minute coffee chat or, you know, just the, the amount of people who volunteered to be mentors for swim scholarship recipients was just incredible. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to ask to have that conversation. Absolutely. I say that to people all the time, like literally go up to someone and say, hi, like, I'm really interested in learning more about what you do and the company you work for. And they're going to say yes. Yeah. I, re- I remember I met a girl at NAM um, at one at a panel that I spoke at, and she sent me an email a couple weeks after the show, and she wanted to do like a Skype call and pick my brain. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm happy to do so. It's just I'm I'm here to share my wisdom that I've learned. And yeah. And, and I think, you know, just don't be afraid to ask. And that's where I, I would get tripped up. You know, I am quite an introvert. So yep. I've really learned that if I really want to get somewhere in my career, I, you know, I have to let go of that fear of, of talking to people and that fear of asking. Cause what's the worst someone's going to say is no. And if that's the case, then move on to the next person. Right. Then maybe they're not the right person to chat with. So. Well, thank you so much, Christy. I really enjoyed having you on this podcast. It's like we switched roles. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but I love that. And I'm really excited for where your business is going. And I, like I said earlier, I'll link everything in the description below. So anyone who's interested can reach out to you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Reach out to me, ask questions if you're interested in industry or podcasting or becoming a virtual assistant or really anything (laughs) along those lines. Awesome. Thanks again, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.